Hello everyone and welcome to a very belated episode of the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. This is episode 21 and the final episode of 2014 and we're doing something special. Not only do we have part two of the interview with the great Ben Weber, who I think is Australia's one of Australia's best frontmen and most charismatic men behind that microphone, but I have one of the greatest guitarists in the world on the show. It was supposed to be two of the greatest, but it is only one I had Dino Cazares of Fear Factory on the show right now. But what do you say before we get to that? We kick off the show. This is Ben from The Murdering. You're listening to... The Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Presented by... Tom Roberts. Full Metal and mostly Aussie. As I sit here right now, it is 1.20 in the morning in the AM on a very, very late night for me. I... I've been pretty sick of recent, plus my area's had heaps of storms, and for some reason, my internet is so fucked. I'm not going to mention the company, because I don't want them to fuck me over anymore, but, like, seriously, if I was a prostitute, like, seriously, and, yeah, they're just fucking me for free. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, do you know what we have going? We don't have a, uh, band of the week. Oh, sorry, we do. Uh, the band of the week is called Sun Slave. Uh, they've already been released on the Facebook, um, on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. But if you go to that Facebook page, you can vote for the band of the year. Now, there are 11 Band of the Year nominees, uh, and uh, the 11 Band of the Year nominees were Band of the Week. Uh, they won the Band of the Week. But the 11 nominees are Hidden Intent, Southeast Desert Metal, uh, The Murdering, uh, The Hazard Circular, Feralian, uh Evil Eye, Boundary Road, Sunslave, Imperilment, Namazar, and Carbon Black. Now, the the uh, criteria behind the nominations for this was uh, that they had to have a thousand likes or followers on any one given site. So, not combined, just any one given site that I was looking at at the time. Or Facebook, to be fair, I didn't go, oh, well, they've got 2,000 on Facebook, but only 100 on Twitter. I'll put them in there because they're not followed on Twitter very much. No, I, I did all on the one website, uh, which was Facebook. Um, and I, uh, at the time of nomination, they had a 1,000 or less. All of them did. Uh, they're all some form of heavy metal, and they're all Australian, and they're all unsigned or independent. Uh, the winner gets a, uh, 
an engraved like skull bottle from me. Not the crystal skull vodka bottle. It's uh, different, but it's the same general idea. But it's an uh, engraved one for the Palmetto Lockdown podcast. Uh, that's what the band of the year gets. Like I said, the band of the weeks uh, are the nominees. Uh, a few people have said to me, what about Deprivation? They won it. Uh, Deprivation broke up on the in-between. They were, they won it. They have well over a thousand fans on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but they won it because it was kind of a nostalgia thing to me because they're my favorite all-time favorite uh, Australian metal band. And I had a soft spot for them. I still do. Uh, in fact, we've got their former lead singer on the show this, uh, later on. Uh, he's actually singing for one of the nominated bands, The Murdering. Um, but I insist you go there and you go to our Facebook page. On the tab section next to about, it says B-O-T-Y Votes. That stands for Band of the Year Votes. You go there, you click on the tab. And you can vote for one of the 11 nominees. Uh, right next to that tab, actually, is something that is called is the Full Metal Lockdown podcast mailing list. Uh, if you want to be kept up to date on our top five podcasts of the year, you can, or of the, of the time, because they will change and fluctuate. Um, you can... Uh, if you want to be kept up to date on what's happening with me, and there is a fair bit of shit going on with me at the moment, my health, uh, let's just say my body is feeling fatigued and it feels like it's starting to give out, I hope it's not, I really hope it's not, because I've got a lot more shit to do, uh, before my body decides that it wants to collapse underneath me, pretty much, but, uh, yeah. So go there, vote for the Bend of the Year, sign up for our mailing list, do all that shit. And we're also looking for someone to help with the uh, the notes section, although I've recently found out that I can change the name of the notes section. Yeah, so I'm going to call it like Full Metal Lockdown Articles or something like that. Yeah, something better than notes. Anyway, but... uh. Yeah, I really want someone to help uh, write notes. Because I've only got three on there at the moment. My breakdown of the Heavy Metal World Cup, which is bullshit. Uh, I believe that was rigged. Uh, the Impossible Top 5 Metal Bands. So five metal bands that I'll never see. And learn, learn, learning, learn uh, what I've learning what I have to learn and what I have learned. Uh but I really want someone to help write more because it's looking fairly bare. So uh one maybe two people to write one maybe two articles a week or a month. Uh it doesn't really matter about the Australian heavy metal scene pretty much. Um just inbox the page Full Metal Lockdown, uh, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown, or email me Full Metal Lockdown at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter uh, at Tom underscore Roberts 1989, 
and I will hit you up back. Right now on the show, for the very first time, we have an international artist being interviewed. We have the great Dino Cazares from Fear Factory being interviewed. We have two interviews on this show, on this episode of the show. We have the great Ben Lieber from The Murdering and Deprivation later on the show. That's a bit more in-depth. This one is just to uh, ramp up the fact that Fear Factory are bringing out a new album next year. Yes, for those of you who didn't know, Fear Factory are bringing out an album next year. And we talk about it. We talk about uh, meeting and him not remember meeting me, but me remember meeting him. That's what I see as important. It doesn't matter to me that he doesn't remember because it was literally just a hi. Literally, that's all it was. But it's funny because at the end of the Ben Weber interview, which was recorded well before the Dino interview, I actually talk about um, possibly doing an interview with a couple of American artists that I can't, couldn't name at the time. Uh, obviously, one of those artists were Dino Cazares from Fear Factory and Divine Heresy. And the other one, uh, technical issues came up and the interview couldn't be conducted. So right now, enjoy the interview with Dino. On the line right now, I have uh, someone that I looked up to as a young kid and I look up to now. I have Dino Cazares from Fear Factory on the line. How are you going, Dino? I am great. Uh, I am here in California. And we are in the process of making a new record right now. Um, we are working on a new record for 2015 release. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to be talking to you about coming down to the Soundwave Festival next year. Yeah. I, I Earlier this year, I had the organizer of the Soundwave Festival, AJ Matter, on my show. And he uh, informed me that he desperately wanted Fear Factory on the bill. And Fear Factory have wanted to play Soundwave for a very long time. How did it feel to finally know that you were being booked to play the Soundwave Festival? Well, I think that people were bugging him uh, to put us on there. Because I saw a big Twitter thing and a big, uh, 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 you know, people are asking him, like, put Fear Factory on the bill. SW15, FF, SW15, come on, night. You know, I saw a lot of people bugging him. I think he finally said, okay, I'll get these guys on here. And I think that's how it worked out. But however, however it did work out, we're just excited that it finally did. Oh, good. That's great. Because last time I seen you on a festival tour was 2010 on the Big Day Out tour, which is sadly no longer around in Australia. I think that was for your former album. On this tour of Australia with Soundwave, can we expect you to be playing songs from the new album? Um, possibly. It depends on, you know, what our, uh, what, what our record label says. Cause, you know, they might not want us to play songs so early. But we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll um, we'll definitely, uh, you know, we definitely have a great collection of songs to play. We have such a huge catalog to choose from. Um, but we're definitely going to be playing the best out Fear Factory, pretty much. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, 
with this new album, are you coming together eclectically like you have previously, or have there been any troubles with the recording process, or is it running as best as you could think of, and it's going to be one of the best Fear Factory albums that your fans have ever heard? <laughs> well, you know, some of the best records that we ever put out were way more difficult to make. I don't want to jinx anything, but we have pretty much, everything's been running smooth. So that's great. But when we made one of our classic records, We Manufacturer, it was a, it was a nightmare to make. You know, we had, we had a lot of, a lot of things happen to us, happen in the studio, but, um, that hopefully will never happen to us again. Excellent. Now, uh, I'm not sure because I, wasn't given topics of what I can and can't talk about. But uh, are we allowed to talk about uh, your time away from Fear Factory with Divine Heresy? You can talk about, you can talk about, you can ask me whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> so why did you leave Fear Factory in the first place? Um, Way back in 2001. Uh, good question. I never really got a straight answer. But um, obviously, the other three members of the band didn't want me in the band anymore, so I had no choice. I kind of got kicked out or weeded out, however you want to call it. Um, but, uh, you know, over, I was out of the band for about five, six years. Um, things didn't work out between those other three. Um, and Burton asked me to come back into the band, and I've been back into the band since 2008. Yeah, it's been a, a very awesome run since you've been back. I have to admit, it's uh, great to see you on the stage behind that guitar. Um, speaking of behind the guitar, what kind of gear do you use? Because I have a lot of gearheads that listen to my show, and they'll be interested to hear what kind of guitar and what kind of amp and pedals you run through. Well, right now, uh, my guitar is an Ibanez. It's, it's, a, it's called a DCM-100. And it's my own signature series that came out. Um, it's my own signature model guitar. Um, and I also have my own signature pickup. And it's called the Retribution. And it's made by a company called Steve by Duncan. Um, currently, uh, I'm using a thing called the Randall Thrasher. It's a head. The Randall Thrasher head. That's what I'm using. I also use Kemper. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's a camera profile and amplifier. I use that live as well. Um, and as far as pedals, all my effects are inside the camper. So I only run a mini controller that controls all the effects. I don't actually have a bunch of pedals or nothing like that. Oh, okay. So pretty much... Oh, so you get that monster Fear Factory sound just from the, the guitar and the amp is what you're saying, pretty much. Yes, I don't use anything anything other special, nothing other special except my right hand, the right guitar, right wood, right pickup, and the right head, right cabinet. That's oh, really wow. all you need. Wow. So, uh, uh, is Divine Heresy, uh, is it, now that you're back with Fear Factory, is Divine Heresy gone completely, or is there a chance that Divine Heresy could... No. There's a, there's a very big chance... There's a very big chance of Divine Heresy. Well, for sure, Divine Heresy will do a new record. So, uh, 
the chance of that happening is very great. Um, but as of right now, I'm concentrating on this, which is Fear Factory. So that's what I'm doing. Pretty yeah. much Divine Heresy is me. I own Divine Heresy. So whenever I get a chance to do it, I will do it. I promise. We did have a lot of fans out there. That we, and um, I need to bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great band. Uh, the one time I had a chance to uh, catch them, I actually missed them because I was stuck in the line, ironically, at Soundwave uh, in 2008. Yeah, Soundwave Festival. Yeah, it was a great festival. Yeah, yeah, and it's come a long way to from where it was to where it is now. Now, uh, the fact that you're touring on such a, a crazy lineup with, uh, I think it's Faith No More and Soundgarden and Slipknot and Lamb of God. How does it feel to be uh, included in that as one of the biggest metal bands playing at the festival? I fucking am excited to be around some of the greatest bands in general. Faith No More, Ministry, Godflesh, you know, Slipknot, Soundgarden. I can't wait to, wait to see all those bands. And hang out, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a great day. Now, uh, like I said, I saw you, I saw you play in 2010. I actually met you in 2010. I really do not expect you to remember. It was literally half a second, and you gave me the horns. I was working out the big day out as a crowd care uh, person. I sprayed the crowd with water, and I met you uh, just before you went on stage for your set. Now, like I said, I really don't remember you. I expect you to remember that, but uh, I just wanted to, you to know that that was uh, wait, awesome wait, wait, for me. What, 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 year, what year is that? Uh, 2010. That wasn't 2010. That was 2008. No, that was 2008. Was it? No, no, it was 2008. Are you talking about when Divine Heresy played? No, no, the year that Fear Factory played the yeah. big day out. Oh, the big day out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh what what town? What city was that? Uh Sydney. Sydney. Okay. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's alright. I was in a group of about ten people and it was just a oh, hi Dino. Hey man. Steam metal. Pretty much. Just walked away. I'm like, Yeah, you talk to me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, big highlight of my life up to that point. Um, I uh, have a well. Are you going to be a tra- sound wave? Pardon? What was that? Sorry. Are you going to be a sound wave this year? Uh, I'm hoping to be there. Yes. Are I you going to be a sound wave this year? Pardon? Right. Well, I'm not sure what time we actually perform, but make sure you're there early enough to see all the bands. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I have a tradition on my show. The very last question I ask is a multiple choice question. Would you like to participate in it? Sure. <laughs> okay. Option A, ask me a question. Option B, B asks a really strange or weird question that has nothing to do with music by me. Or option C, give me the quote of the week for next week's show. The quote of the week for next week's show is I think that as long as my fucking dick still gets hard, I will be playing metal music for the rest of my life. 
Alright, great. I love that quote. As long as my dick still gets hard, I'll be playing metal music for the rest of my life. That is awesome. Thank you very yeah. much, Dino. Uh, this has been Dino Kazara's from Fear Factory. They've, uh, Fear Factory have a new album coming out in 2015, and Fear Factory are playing at the Soundwave Festival next year with a, an amazing lineup. I will look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Please hang up and try again. So that was my interview with the one and only Dano Cazares from Fear Factory. Uh, there was so much more I wanted to ask him, so much more, but I had to keep it light, I had to keep it short, and I had to keep it sweet. Uh, I was only allocated a very short period to interview him because he did a shitload, a fuckload of press uh, for the Soundway Festival. And for the new album coming up uh, over the, the time period. And uh, I didn't want to take up too much of his time because I respected him and I respected the fact that he was doing all that. Now, that being said, that if I ever get a chance to do a full-length interview with him, oh my god, his time with Nailbomb, uh, his time away from Fear Factory and everything he did away from Fear Factory... Uh, we'll go more into depth about him being kicked out of Fear Factory. I knew he was kicked out, but I put it in a different way. Uh, yeah, I like to feign like I don't know a lot about the person I'm interviewing so that I can get the most out of them, if that makes sense. Uh, but that being said, I would love to interview Dino in depth and do one of my like 40-minute long interviews with him I know that will never happen oh there are a lot of metalheads out there that I would love to do that with and I know it will never happen but yeah yeah I would love to either way so Dino if you ever listen to this uh the email is fullmetallockdown at gmail.com if you ever listen to this please hit me up I would love to do a 40 minute interview with you uh, maybe when you're in Australia next year, you never know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, now is the time, because it's getting into that part of the show, where I'm going to now unleash the part two of the interview with Ben Weber from Deprivation and The Murdering. Uh, it's, it goes in-depth. Uh, it's less depth heavy than the last one so if you want to hear why Deb broke up listen to the old one first listen to the part one first uh this one's more about the future and uh yeah it's more about uh, uh what's gonna happen with the murdering in the future and it's also a bit about uh, his personal stylings with metal and he releases that he's actually a fan of someone quite surprising during the course of this interview. I I was a little put back. I didn't know how to react when he said it. I was like, oh, oh really? Wow. Uh, he also picked the very first uh, song of the week uh, by, by his band, The Murdering, actually. But yeah, uh, we'll let the interview speak for itself and we'll get straight into the interview with Ben Weaver from The Murdering. 
Right now, I'm on the line with Ben Weaver of The Murdering, and as we mentioned last week, formerly of Dab Evasion. Uh, it's, it's the second half of the interview with him. Uh, uh, is everything all good, Ben? Uh, everything is peachy here in Orange. Sun's shining. Uh, it's all good. Uh, I hope that it's pretty hot out there of recent. Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. I'm waiting for the for the heat to kick in. Oh, okay. So, uh, this is my favorite question. I ask this almost every show. Actually, I ask this every single show without fail. Uh, ben, what music did your parents listen to? Do you listen to it, and do you still listen to it? Um, I do listen to a lot of what they listened to um, when I was a kid. Um. My my dad was more into the um, he was into like Bob Dylan and Joe Cocker, um, Steely Dan, Supertramp, all that kind of stuff. I I um I really dig um, Steely Dan and Supertramp. I've seen them both in concert, and um, you know they're, they're really big favourites of mine. Old old school uh, jazz fusion rock. And um, my mum was uh, a bit different to that. She was into Sabbath and um, uh, Status Quo and, um, you know, stuff like T-Rex and the Beatles and, you know, that, that like, they're, they're both very eclectic in their music styles. And um, I really grasped a lot of what they listened to and, yeah, still listen to it today. Um when I get the chance, I, I go to uh, to concerts with them both, and you know we we get to share it together. And and uh, just recently they've started to do the same, and they've they've just gone to see Metallica in concert by themselves without me or my brother. So that was pretty cool. That's really cool. Oh, so in what way did it uh, influence you, as in like your lyric writing style? Um, I, I think like a, a lot of the stuff they listened to was was from the heart and uh, you know very very emotional and personal and I, I think that's where I, I took a lot of my my stylings um, you know just writing what I knew pretty much um, yeah just just day to day life yeah. it's just you know it's it's easy to, it's easy to write about what you know I suppose. Yeah, uh, my uh, my dad is a huge Bob Dylan fan, and uh, back in the day when I used to write lyrics, I took all my influence pretty much from him. Uh, even though he's obviously acoustic folk and not metal at all, but in my view, he was one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and still is. Uh, the man can write lyrics that are deep and meaningful about an apple core. But, uh, yeah, man, the dude is a um, is a poet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if, like a lot of people don't realize, that all on the Watchtower is a Bob Dylan song. It's not Jim Morrison yeah, yeah. writer at all. And uh, what was that? Mister Tambourine Man was a Bob Dylan song. The Birds didn't write it. Yep. But yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot more credit out there than credit. Like uh, in all the movies where they uh, 
writing the cue cards and stuff like that, and they throw away the cue cards, and you see that in a bunch of film clips and stuff that have different messages on there. Uh, Bob Dylan's first yeah. person to do that. He did it in Subterranean Homesick Blues in the film clip for it, and they all stole it off him. Like the man was. Yeah, like, man, you're the same as me. Yeah. Brought up on the same stuff. Yeah, pretty much everything you mentioned just then. I was like, oh, wow, mum and dad listen to that. Yeah, mum listened to that. Dad listened to that. Wow. The only ones you didn't mention were Blondie <laughs> and Deep Purple. Yeah, no, they weren't real into them. <laughs> yeah. Dad has been trying to rope me along to a Deep Purple concert for years. Last time he went to them, I was about 13. I didn't really want to go see... Uh, now I'm kicking myself because it was Deep Purple, Status Quo, Diesel, Swanee, and I think uh, someone else was in support. And now I'm kicking myself. Man, that, that's a that. great lineup. Yeah. And it was at yeah. the Holy Pavilion as well. So I'm really kicking myself wow. I didn't go. So beyond that, like. Uh, you've toured all around this country. You've been to Queensland. You've been to uh, Victoria. Obviously, New South Wales. Been to South Australia. You're the only place you haven't been in Tasmania, Northern Territory, and WA playing music anyway. Uh, have you ever noticed a difference in the crowds, state to state? I mean, like, uh, with, like, how they'll react to certain songs, how they react to certain bands or certain styles. Uh, have you ever noticed a major difference in their crowds? Um, but look, you know, Aussie metalheads and Aussie metalheads, we're, we're all alike. Um, but in in terms of, um, you know, uh, eagerness, I suppose, and, and, um, and passion, I, they, all, they all change. I think the Sydney scene's pretty dull these days. Not not so much the the music. The bands are great, but the the crowds um, are, are quite lacking. So I don't seem to be as into it as say you know um, Adelaide, as I as I spoke about uh, last week. Um, you know they're they're so much more hungry for it, and um, you know Brisbane's very lively music scene. They're they're always keen and, and into it, and then I found Melbourne's. You know, not not so so into it. Um, I, I suppose it just you know everyone has their favourites, and um, a lot of the times the, the crowds are a bit hesitant when it, when there's a new band from another state come. Yeah. So, are there any plans on taking the motoring to those states and testing it a lot, or is it like you said last week, uh, more of a uh, uh, we'll take it one step at a time kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, definitely. We, we want to venture out as much as we can. We're, we're, we're just getting to the stage now. Obviously, it's the end of the year and, and everyone's busy around Christmas and, and whatnot. But um, we're, already, we're already talking about where we want to go and what bands we want to play with. And being um, Jake was in our last enemy for so long from Sydney and... Um, they toured Australia quite a lot, so he has a lot of friends and connections with other bands that the Albie and I may not have, whereas we have ones that he may not have. So we've, it's really good that we've played in different bands 
uh, over the years because we've got a, a really wide uh, fan reach and, and mates out there that we can pretty much go to every city and, you know, guaranteed someone's going to be there that'll want to party with us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, something I want to ask you is how did this get invented? Uh, the orange angle. The orange angle. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think Albie come up with it. Um, it was either Albie or Lachlan. Um, I don't know, you know, Deprivation was a very, um, uh, a good time band. You know, we, we, uh, rocked hard and we partied hard. And there's always some kind of stupid thing we'd come up with afterwards at the, at the pub or at a friend's house. And yeah, one, one night, one of the boys, um, just stuck his elbow up in the air and started to drink and said, this is the orange angle. So we, <laughs> We we uh we started all doing it in the band and then our mates would start doing it and then when we'd be drinking at other bands we'd show them and they'd start doing it and then the next thing you know we're getting mates all around the country doing this stupid thing with their elbow in the air trying to drink their beer without spilling it. <laughs> so uh is it just a deprivation thing or does it continue on with the murdering? Oh, definitely, yeah. Me, uh, Albie and myself still do it to this day. It's, it's, it's more a. Uh, it's just if you're having a beer, you you do the orange angle. <laughs> Are there rules behind it? Like, do you have to be with the person from Orange or what? Not at all. No, you just have to be uh, drinking pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. It's a cool little tradition, if you can call it that. It's a nice little thing. <laughs> so, uh, there's, there's actually a, there's a there's a YouTube video um, of Albie uh, entertaining the the boys from Lynch Marta, and um, he's actually showing them how to do it. And I I think if you look up on YouTube the the Orange Angle, I think you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, you guys post a, a few like interesting videos over the years, like uh. What was it, the goon sack hunter or whatever it was, where you hunted down the <laughs> goon sack? That was yeah, that that yeah. had me laughing for almost an hour, <laughs> even though the video didn't go Silly that thing. long. We, but, like it was funny. We we all um we all grew up with um you know Pantera videos and and bands like that where you know they they show what they do outside of playing music, you know, just having a good time. So we always wanted to do stuff like that and just show everyone, you know, we're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of those Panitera videos were awesome. Like, uh, um, what's his name? from? Uh, Dave Williams from uh, Drowning Pool was best friends with uh, with uh, Dimebag and Vinnie Paul, and he died about six months before Dimebag. Um, he OD'd on was it Rob Zombie's bus or Zach Wilde's bus? Or not on his own bus, but he was yeah. with one of them before. But uh, on the DVD cinema, uh, it's got a lot of home videos from Dimebag. And uh, to wake him up one day, to wake Dave up one day, Dimebag set a firework off right next to his head. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that DVD, especially that part with with Dimebag. 
one of my favourite bands also, Drowning Pool. They're great. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that, that you and I have a very similar like uh, taste in music. It's, yeah. It's uh, like Drowning Pool, Lamb of God. I don't know if you're a non-point fan, but I cop a lot of shit for this and I don't really care, but I'm a new metal fan. Like, I like new metal bands. I don't see what's wrong with them. Yeah, man, no, screw the haters. You know, you should be able to, uh, you know, just explore any musical, you know, avenue that you like and, you know, not be uh, criticised for it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it to you on your program. I actually uh, don't mind a bit of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, that one, I, like, I haven't listened to much of her, uh, any of her pretty much, so I can't really say that I do because I don't like country music, but... Uh... Oh, uh, I get I get harassed on everything, but you know I I uh, sing in a metal band, but I listen to everything, yeah. anything I can get my hands on, anything with a beat. That's a good thing to do, though. Like people don't understand that if you close off an entire section and you say no way in hell will I ever listen to it. Like I'm open to listening to Taylor Swift, I just never had the chance. But if you close off an entire part of the world, you're closing yourself off to an entire part of the world if you know what I mean like you don't get that influence what if like listening to a Taylor Swift song makes you go wow yeah okay and you write something and then all of a sudden you have it, the biggest metal song of all time like what not yeah, man. saying yeah, that, that like, could happen that will happen but what if that could happen if you know what I mean exactly you listen to the same thing over and over and your own your own musical style is going to become stale. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, it's the only true international question that I have on the show. Uh, who are your international influences? I know you've said before Corn and Rob Zombie, but uh, like elaborate on those two and. Uh, Elaborate on it a bit more. Like, who are your international influences? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely those two. Um, I've I've loved zombie stuff since you know the early days of White Zombie. Um, I, I don't know if he's you know he's got so much groove and uh, and the whole horror theatrics is is just you know it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's fun music. Corn um, was one of the first first heavy metal bands that I uh, I really got into in high school um, you know and obviously when they started they were doing something that no one else was doing so no I was drawn to that because it was so unique um, but apart from those guys you know obviously Pantera I'm very groove orientated with my metal Pantera though, you know my all time favourite band uh, I was lucky enough to see them in, uh, in Sydney at the Horden and no, I'll never forget it. Um, Fear Factory, another big one. Um, most of the big metal bands I I like and and uh, and follow are usually American. I'm, that's not by choice. It's just it happens that way, I suppose. Most of the big ones do come from the states. Yeah, yeah a lot of them, except maybe Maiden and Sabbath. I uh, I was lucky enough to see see Sabbath. My wife and I went to um, the uh, Download Festival in England, and um, I got to see Black Sabbath in England, their original uh, lineup. 
with and it was with Bill Ward. Just unbelievable. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, wow, I literally just got goosebumps. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Fear Factory before. Did you know I've met Dino? I didn't know that. Uh, I've uh, I've I've spoke to him in uh, in uh, chat forums and whatnot, and uh, he's responded to messages of mine. But I've never been as lucky as that to talk to him. So I met him. I'm a bit jealous. At the big day out in 2010, I uh, was working there when before my legs cracked it from underneath me, and uh, I was backstage. And he was just sitting there, and he had his back turned to me, and I just saw this really wide guy, and I'm just like, that is, and really long black hair, and I'm like, that's Dino, because they were going on stage in about 20 minutes, and he was sitting there with a guitar in his hand, and I walked up, and I'm like, hello, and he's like, hello, and I'm like, I've got nothing, <laughs> I didn't know what to say, I'm like, dude, you're awesome, and he dropped the horns in the air, and he walked away. That was me meeting Dino. Well, uh, I I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't know it was going to happen. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fear, Fear Factory. Um, well, one of the uh, again one of the first metal bands that I really got into in in uh, in high school. And my brother, his um his room was right, right next to my bedroom, so he automatically got into them because he'd hear. The manufacturer and sold a new machine blaring through the walls. <laughs> so he, he grew up at a very early age, um, into Fear Factory and, um, we're, we're both so into it. Fear Factory is a really big influence on, uh, on what we're doing in the murdering. Yeah. So are you catching them next year when they're touring? Absolutely. I never miss them. Oh, I think I've seen them six or seven times now, so. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, I don't really want to miss them. I don't think I can make it to Soundwave next year because uh, swiping out for something else. But uh, that or uh, the one I'm really spewing that I'm missing is around the same time as the Foo Fighters, but they're not metal. Yeah, Fooies are great. They're uh, yeah, a lot of time for Fooies. Um, they always put on a kick-ass show. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they're touring the same week, the same week, two-week period as Soundwave. So their Melbourne show goes against the Sydney Soundwave. Uh, that sucks. It's sort of, you've got to uh, choose one or the other. Yeah. Well, I can't go to either because, like I said, i got something else that I'm saving up for. But uh, like not music-related, but... Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that I can't go to either. I don't like Faith No More, but I really want to see Soundgarden. So is there anyone else that you find as a major influence from overseas? Like, uh, you mentioned that your parents went and seen Metallica. Uh, do they influence you at all? Um, not, not really musically. Um, definitely not personally. Like they're, they're just a, a really good band that I... I love to listen to, um, but you know, personally, um, yeah, yeah, not too much. Um, it, it's hard because what, what I'm doing now with the murdering is is sort of um, a lot different 
to what I used to do in, in deprivation. So, you know, the music's uh, changed a lot. It's it's a lot heavier, a lot faster. So my my vocal style has, has sort of changed with it. So I was, what I used to uh, have as influence, I now sort of look at at, at other bands. Um, the Fear Factory was one of them, but... Um, you know, we listen to a, a lot more um, stuff like Suicide Silence, and um, uh, I just got put on to uh, Aborted and Revocation, um, Decapitated, you know, stuff like that. It's it's completely different for me, but I'm really digging it. That's, uh, so what you're saying is you broaden your, you broaden your uh, range and your horizons a little bit musically in metal sense to... Uh, help influence you with the murdering? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've, I've started... I've always listened to bits of everything, but, um, you know, the, the guys in the band are a lot younger than me. I suppose that's, that's always been the case for me. Um, and they listen to a lot of newer stuff where I'm still listening to my old favourites, Panteras and, you know, the Napalm Death and stuff like that. So... They're constantly showing me new bands that I've never heard of that, you know, are really opening my eyes and go, oh, well, you know, I can try what this guy does and, you know, I really like the style of the, the lyric phrasing that this guy does. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to to change it up and, you know, keep it fresh. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, this is a bit of a, a bit of a full-on question, like, yeah. Might take you a, a few sentences, or it might even just take you one word to answer. But um, what appeals to you to heavy metal? Like, what made you go heavy metal? Huh, I like that. Was there a moment that you heard it that you can remember the first time you ever heard it, or was it just a part of your life from the get go? Um. Yeah, I, I can't really remember. When I first heard it, I know a lot of people say straight away, this is when I heard it and whatnot, but I think just it was just a progression for me and and it and it just happened. I was always into, you know, the, uh, the prog rock and the hard rock and just the normal rock and roll and, you know, it, it sort of just seeped into me and the next thing I knew I was, I was listening to metal all the time and... Um, I suppose the same as a lot of people, one that stands out would be uh, the Black Album by Metallica, um, mainly because it was it was always on television, it was always on the radio, so, you know, that's the one that I really remember, I suppose. Cool. Um, I heard a story, and I can't, it might have been you or Dreads that told me the story, but... Uh... You were in England, I think it might be true, when Jerry Jordison replaced Lars for that show uh, with Metallica. Is that true? That is, yeah. I was at that infamous gig. Um, Metallica were headlining uh, the Download Festival at Castle Donington in England. And um, yeah, I was just lucky enough to be there that year. And I think they said it was the first time in. 26 years that Lars hadn't played with the with the band and there were so many people there so they they couldn't just bail out so they asked some of their friends backstage to play and Joey was one of them and it was amazing to see Joey up there in the kit 
playing in a Sandman and, you know, a few others. Oh, it's very wow. cool. Yeah, and it's uh, weird now that we, well, I've gotten to see George Wilson twice now, the slip, and uh, it's weird that he won't be behind the kit anymore. Like, uh, I think he's continuing murder dolls, but he's the guitar player for them. Well, uh, his, his latest his latest band, um, Scarlamata, if you haven't heard them, um, they're pretty cool. I, I don't mind their stuff. Um, I think they've just gone through a uh, a singer change and, and whatnot, but they're, they're pretty cool. They're a little more industrial um, than what he, what he used to do with Slipknot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've actually heard the name. I just hadn't checked out the band, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Is there anything else that appeals you to metal? Like, is it the fact that a lot of the music is very personal and very, uh, very, like, uh, yeah, personal, and or is it the fact that a lot of it is group based, like you were saying? Uh, the thing that attracts me most to it, I think, is um, is the is the release. Um, I, I often get asked by you know, older family members and and friends of friends, you know, why do you listen to this horrible loud music? And um, you know, for me, it's it's a it's a release of emotion. Um, you know, I I work shift work, so I'm away from my family a lot and. You know, it's it's hard and it's it's hot and shitty work and you know that all builds up and you know a lot of people will they everyone has their own way of releasing their you know their aggressions or their their emotions and for me it's metal I can just you know just just put on a CD or or whatever and crank it and even better if I I get to go to band practice or actually play a show and you know just let it all out and not have to explain myself. And I think that's that's the one thing that I really like about metal is, you know, you'd, I don't have to explain it. And even though I just explained it to you. <laughs> I get the same thing, like uh, older family members walking up to me and saying, why do you like that stuff? And then going, why don't you listen to something like Beethoven or like... Tchaikovsky, like real music, and I go to them, well, like, if they were in the modern era, they would probably be playing this, because that is as technical as that, if you know what I mean, and, um, like, uh, it's been scientifically proven that that gives people the same effect as that mentally, if you know what I mean, like, they've actually proven that brainwaves react the same way to heavy metal, if not better to heavy metal, as they do to classical music. And yep. I say to them, like, I prefer this music. I respect that music, and I have listened to that. But I prefer this music because it's got the lyrical content that I understand with my uh, age bracket. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so... In the break between the shows, we're, uh, between the interviews, we are talking about this, but uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, you're a fan, am I wrong? Yeah, definitely, man. I love Sam Crow. It's, uh, it's a crazy-ass show. 
it's unfortunate that it's ending. I remember uh, in the very first season, I was flicking through the TV and I saw episode three on All Star at my parents' house, and then I found out that uh, I saw the show, saw the episode, and I was like, oh wow, and I watched it, and then I uh, watched back the whole season of season one. Uh, up to, I think, only five episodes are dead, and I've never missed a week of Sons of Anarchy since. But, uh, yeah, Kurt Sutter, like we were saying in the break, uh, he's been greenlit for another show already. Like, he went straight from The Shield, straight to Sons of Anarchy, and now he's got a new show already. Yeah, I was reading about it myself the other day, as, um, like Knights of the Round Table, medieval type stuff. Yeah, it's round, uh, I think it's King Edward, no, King Richard III or something like that. It's about a uh, knight that uh, retired and then became an executioner, pretty much. We're coming to the uh, end of the interview process. We, uh, we unfortunately had a few technical difficulties during the interview process and uh, we had a few technical difficulties leading up to the interview uh, but that I mean I stupidly hurt myself but um, uh, do you have any social media plugs like Facebook for the murdering uh, your personal Twitter anything like that your bank account for the murdering uh, Tom, the, the best one is is the murdering Facebook so if, uh, if everyone just searches the murdering on Facebook. There's only one of us. Um, that that then has links to all our other social media sites, our Twitter and and whatnot. I don't I don't use my Twitter very much. Um, I'm just lazy. Um, my Instagram's full of my daughter and uh, non-band related things. But um, the murdering Facebook page uh, will take you to our Bandcamp page which will then allow you to download all of the murdering songs we've released up to date for free. Um, so we like to give away everything we do. That's why we're in the studio so much. We go into a couple of songs, stick it online and release it for everyone. Just It's it's there. It's good. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love it when bands do that. But at the same time, I love it when bands jam. Uh, I don't love it because I can never afford it, but it's good to see bands that are selling their music and making the money from it. But it's also good to see bands that are releasing it for free and saying it's literally all about music. Absolutely, man. Like if uh, if we had the money to uh, to to make a, an album and release it like a, a physical copy, we would. This day and age, it just costs so much money, so. You know, it's quite easy for us to get a, a really good recording a lot cheaper and, and then just give it away. You know, there's there's no need for us to sell it and try and make money back because of what we've spent. We can just make it, enjoy it and give it away and, and move on. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, right, right the last thing of year, we're up to the last question. Uh, it's a multiple choice question. Uh, so A asks me a question, B B asks a really strange or weird question, 
See, give me the quote of the week for next week's show, or D, give me the song of the week for this week's show. Um, I think I'd like to give you the song of the week. Sounds good to me. And um, and and because I'm trying to plug my own band, it'll be uh, the murdering, uh, the flight to remain silent. That newest one, and uh, it's pretty cool, very groovy. That's on Bandcamp. It is, bro. Yeah. I actually reminded everyone go to their Facebook page, check out uh, the flight to remain silent from the slaughterhouse floor. You can probably get the YouTube link off their Facebook as well. Like we said in last week's interview, don't watch it at work or around your kids. It will give them nightmares, but watch the whole thing. It makes sense by the end. And it's a very good... Um, Absolutely. You have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good uh, film clip. It, it tells a very good story. And it actually is quite... Uh, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, meaningful almost. I think that's a good word. For yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the song was the song that you've chosen was the uh, the flight to remain silent. The flight to remain silent. Um. Yeah. The latest song, the flight to remain silent, um, is about the uh, the missing Malaysian airline flight. Um. The first one that went missing that, you know, they just can't find any trace of. And uh, I, I thought it was a bit of a, a strange uh, thing to happen. And uh, I was joking around with um, Joel Harris, the, the singer from uh, Lynch Marta, and we were jamming this song and he said, you should write a song about that plane that went missing. So I did. It's all his fault. <laughs> Uh, that sounds good. So that I'll play that right after the interview. Pretty much, I'll intro the song and then I'll play it straight away. But uh, that's the first uh, song of the week ever chosen by guests because it's a new feature. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is awesome. This is being Ben Weaver from the murdering and formerly of deprivation. Uh, like I said, go to their Facebook page. I'll post up the link to my Facebook page. And my Twitter and stuff like that. Um, yeah, thank you for being on the show, Ben. Uh, thanks very much for having me, man. It's uh, it's been good talking with you, and uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll keep checking your stuff out. It's it's always great to to listen to uh, your guests. They're all idols and you know, peers of mine that you've had on the show. So it's it's a really cool show you've got going, man. Oh, keep it up. Man. Cheers, mate. Yeah. I'm uh, hoping to, I've said it publicly, uh, I'm in talks to get non-point on the show before uh, they tour Australia next year. Excellent. Well, hopefully that happens for you, man. I'll, uh, I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, hopefully. And then I'm in talks to get, I think, two other, yeah, two other American artists on the show, but I can't announce them yet. I'm in, in talks with them. Sweet, sweet. So, yeah. Thank you again. Ah, uh, thank you, man. We'll talk soon. Please hang up and try again. So, that was our second interview of the show. 
the main interview, part two with Ben Weber from The Murdering and Deprivation. He did choose a song of the week. That song of the week is You Had the Flight to Remain Silent by The Murdering. I'm going to play that now. Uh, in the interview, he called it Flight to Remain Silent. Uh, the song is called You Had the Flight to Remain Silent. Uh, here's the song. Enjoy. <laughs> just one example we have many others check us out check out all the metal bands that come out of australia they're all fucking awesome seriously but uh that's the end of the show really uh that's the end of the year for the full metal lockdown podcast sorry i've been a bit uh here and there with the episodes towards the end of the year uh, like I said, I'm physically and mentally exhausted, and I, I just find it hard to do it, uh, but, yeah, we'll be back in the new year, uh, the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, band of the year, gets, man- uh, gets named on the 1st of January 2015, 
uh, like I said, go to the Facebook fa- page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown and vote for your favourite of the 11 uh, nominees and they will win the award. Yeah, pretty much. They'll be the inaugural Full Metal Lockdown Band of the Year. Uh, yeah, but until next year, in the words of Dino Cazares of Fear Factory and Divine Heresy, as long as my dick still gets hard, I will play metal music for the rest of my life. Fuck yeah, I do believe that is the best quote we have had on the show. But like I said, until next year, as long as my dick gets hard, still gets hard, I will play metal music for the rest of my life.